today on the Tearsheet Podcast. It's a critical role. I think, as Vanessa mentioned, it really it really is meant to be sort of um, at the forefront of our efforts. Obviously, there's lots of different ways to do um, uh, innovation, really open innovation, which is what we're we're very focused on um, at the company. From a ventures perspective, we really see ourselves as uh, bringing surprise and delight to financial services through through disruptive investments. Um, we're we're out looking for you know stage agnostic opportunities, both direct and indirect, to support uh, you know teams and operators and products that are um, at the forefront of where the future of finance is moving. Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Tearsheet Editor in Chief Zach Miller. Some of the largest banks in the U.S. have active venture investing arms. They may differ in how they're structured, but for firms like Truist. Their fintech portfolios are about getting a seat at the table with innovative firms. Partnerships are important too, as well as insights into their portfolio company's product development cycles. And of course, these funds are looking for eventual ROI on their venture investments. Truist Ventures' Vanessa Vreeland and Christina Russ join me on the podcast to talk about the composition of their fintech investment portfolio, as well as trends that underlie some of their investment theses. Lastly, we look outward as my guests discuss opportunities they see to invest in today's market. Vanessa Vreeland and Christina Russ are my guests today on the Tearsheet Podcast. Zach, thanks for having us on today. I'm Vanessa Vreeland, and I head up Truist Ventures, and we'll get into more about who that is in this podcast. Great. And you're joined by Christina. Christina, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes. Thanks for having us. Christina Russ, Head of Strategic Investment Initiatives for Truist Ventures. Great. So, so let's talk about, um, I guess, the genesis story of, of Truist Ventures. When was it started? What's the mandate? Sure. I will start with that. So, Zach, as you know, Truist came about when Heritage um, BB&T and Heritage SunTrust combined mm-hmm. and the largest merger of equals um, since the financial crisis. And really, those two organizations came together to create Truist so that we had more capacity as a combined organization to invest in technology and innovation. And we're really focused on bringing innovative uh, tools and products to our customers and clients. And Truth Ventures is at the tip of the spear in terms of being able to do that for the organization. We are out looking for opportunities to bring innovation into our organization. And we are looking to bring that great innovation, not only to our customers, but to our teammates um, and fellow employees. And actually, it's Christina's um, role to really focus on um, how we bring that outside innovation in. So, Christina, would you like to, I I guess the the question I have uh, in response to that, Vanessa, is um, I guess what role does actual investing play in, in truest innovation strategy? It's a critical role. I think, as Vanessa mentioned, it really it really is meant to be sort of um, at the forefront of our efforts. Obviously, there's lots of different ways to do um, uh, innovation, really open innovation, which is what we're we're very focused on um, at the company. Um, from a ventures perspective, we really see ourselves as uh, bringing surprise and delight to financial services through through disruptive investments. Um, we're, we're out looking for, you know, stage agnostic opportunities, both direct and indirect 
to support uh, you know, teams and operators and products that are um, at the forefront of where the future of finance is moving. Um, and we, we sort of look at the opportunities in, um, in three buckets. Um, one is investing to commercialize. So opportunities that um, you know, we're excited about that have a near to medium term opportunity to work with a business unit at Truist. Um, and I would say there are certainly our investment themes in the areas that we sort of build theses around are very much informed by the um, strategic priorities of our businesses. At the same time, we're also investing to learn in certain opportunities where Perhaps the timeline is a little bit further out in terms of how it may it may impact financial services or the product stage or or the the market itself. Um, you know, I think of things like um, you know enterprise blockchain as a great example, um, where we think there's lots of interesting things happening and it's going to be very important for us to stay close to. And we want to get in early with the best founders and operators to stay close to them, find ways to leverage the truest platform to help them build their product, and then and then hopefully find ways to you know work with them down the road. And then we also invest for social impact. Um, Truist itself is a mission-driven organization. That was one of the things that really attracted me to, to joining this fund is that um, you know, our, our mission is to build better lives in communities, inspire and build better lives in communities. And, um, and we take that um, you know, very much to heart through our venture activities as well. So making sure that our portfolio looks like the customers that we serve in our communities. Um, whether that's through supporting, you know, emerging um, and, you know, diverse managers or products that serve a more diverse um, uh, segment of the market. Um, all of those are, are very important to us. Um, and so when we think about portfolio construction, we're really looking at how to, how to, how to put opportunities into each of those buckets that serve both the near, you know, and long-term um, needs of the organization. I got it. That that makes a lot of sense. And and how important, I guess, is 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 a profit motive um, behind those three different buckets? Well, we're certainly not looking to lose money. <laughs> I get that. I get that. Importantly, <laughs> no, we're very much yeah. you know we're a strategically driven driven fund, but but also looking, I think, to you know obviously balance. We're we're looking to invest in companies that are going to be high growth and successful, and um, and balance that with ones that um, you know that are also strategically valuable to the to the business. So what we'd like to say, Zach, is the three pillars Christina described, they set it on a foundation of financial soundness. And so it's the bedrock of everything we do. But as Christina described, we are really focused on the, the other pillars um, to drive innovation and change. Okay, I, I got that. Um, and so it's, it's, um, it's stage agnostic. What are typical um, check sizes that Truist Ventures writes? Um, you know, because because we're stage agnostic, we have a, a lot of flexibility. So, you know, we can do $250,000 checks into seed rounds. We can write $10 million checks into later stage. Um, we can write, you know, bigger checks into, you know, into you know, really, you know, more developed companies or, or, or funds in particular. Um, so it really runs the gamut, which is really, I think, unique and special flexibility that we have um, as a fund. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious, as, as a corporate venture capital fund, um, what the what that handoff or what that integration with the business unit looks like. Um, can you talk about sort of that process when you, when you make an investment or even before, I guess, as you're doing due diligence, Sure. what's the interaction with the, with the business unit? I think it's 
really important to us and, and frankly, very valuable to our investment process to be able to get feedback from, from you know, leaders within the organization. And I think one of the wonderful things about particularly the size of our, of our institution is that, um, you know, uh, we have direct access to the key decision makers across the, across the bank. Um, and they're very supportive of ventures and, and what, you know, we're trying to accomplish and, and help them to do with their businesses. So, um, you know, part of my role is staying close to the, the leadership of all of our business units and what their strategic priorities are, what their needs are, you know, sort of where they're focused at various times um, and finding opportunities that we can, you know, um, either bring to them right away that could fill a gap or um, something we can stay close to that could be important for them down the road. Um, uh, so that's, a, that's an ongoing relationship that, you know, that, that we have with, um, with all of the uh, various leaders across the bank. Um, I think along with that, we're also, you know, finding ways to bring market insights into the organization. Um, you know, we host, for example, a series of roundtables for our executives every quarter um, to bring, uh, bring, you know, the top, uh, you know, founders, investors, operators, um, thinkers uh, around various spaces in to, you know, help inform um, our leadership about what's going on in the market, what's interesting, what maybe they're not reading about in the Wall Street Journal every day, um, and sort of that that really deep insight that they can um, leverage, hopefully to you know to inform their strategy and and help to stay ahead of the game. Um, so it's a you know it's it's a, it's a two way dialogue I would say um, in how we work with them, and for our portfolio companies, I think you know something that we've heard from them over time. Um, is how valuable they've found um, the access that we're able to provide to them. Um, whether it's, you know, a small early stage company that would love to talk to the head of our, you know, financial crimes team, for example, as they're thinking through how to put together their, you know, fraud prevention um, program on their side, um, or, uh, you know, being able to talk to the actual decision maker within capital markets about, you know, the product that they're building and get some feedback. Um, about 50% of our portfolio ends up working with, um, is, is actively working with tourists um, in some form or fashion. Um, and I certainly, in my experience, that's, um, that's a really Really fantastic um, percentage um, of the portfolio, especially given how how early we are. That's a great data point. And uh, do you guys have a preference in terms of leading rounds, or, or does it not matter to, to the strategy? I should say we, it really make it, for us. We're again we're we're very flexible in what we do. We're happy to lead and price rounds. We're very comfortable doing that, and and you know and offering term sheets. Um, equally so, if um, there's another investor that. Uh, that we think would be, you know, great to lead around or that, uh, you know, a, a, a company is excited about. We're very happy to, to play nice with everyone and participate. So um, we're really, we're very, very flexible on that and want to do what's best for you know, each individual situation. We have great consortiums that we can help fill out fundraising rounds if we are the lead. And um, as she said, we're very comfortable doing both. Um, one thing I'm hearing uh, from from some of my conversations of, of of investors in the field is sort of this dynamic right now of, of of some of the largest funds like the Tigers out there sort of swooping in and 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 sort of inhaling the market in a way. Um, what's yeah. it? What 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 are some of the I guess differentiating points that you guys use with? Um, potential entrepreneurs on encouraging them to, to, to take your money? Yeah, I'll start with that. And Christina, feel free to chime in. You know, as Christina mentioned earlier, 
we're really focused on providing not just capitals to capital to the companies that we're investing in, but access to great expertise and our broader networks as well. And so one of the attractive pieces of our investment is that we're always a passive investor. Um, we're never going to control the business. Um, we're always going to be looked to adding value across um, our portfolio of investments with the subject matter experts across our organization. And a good example of that might be um, we recently or earlier last year, we led the Series A for Greenwood, which is a mm -hmm. neobank focused on the Latinx and Black demographic. And um, we probably at its peak had about 50 people engaged in diligence, if you will, for that transaction as the wow. lead. 50. Well, on a pre, but um, let me give you, let me uh, explain that a little bit more. On a pre-revenue, pre-product company, there's not much to diligence. All those people <laughs> were engaged because they were advising Greenwood mm -hmm. on how to build a successful bank. And so they leaned in heavy to our cybersecurity. They still have um, very regular calls with our cybersecurity team. They lean in really heavy to our compliance expertise. And so it was really a way for us to bring our expertise to bear and really help that company um, build its foundation. And so um, it wasn't because we're arduous and um, can't move quickly. In fact, we pride ourselves in being able to move as quickly as a corporate venture group as any independent VC out there. Um, but we are oftentimes can bring that expertise that is just really unmatched in the industry. And that's what we tell our entrepreneurs. One, one of the things um, I'd be curious in hearing, and I don't know if there actually is a, an answer to this just yet, but it sounded from those three buckets of investment um, sort of strategy, one was was learn, bringing learnings back to the greater organization. Um, how has Truist, I guess, evolved in, through this contact with your portfolio companies? That's a great question. I think I think you know it's important, um, and in a, and especially you know in in the context of a, a, a new organization that's being formed through through a merger like Truist. Um, you know, a very interesting opportunity to kind of build build new culture and making sure that we are um, building one that is is very much open to um, you know recognizing that innovation can come from anywhere. Um, it, you know, I think there are many many large organizations in the world that have a, a not built here mentality um, where it's very difficult to to bring people over and sort of convince them that there uh, is reason to talk to an early stage company that it is possible that someone else maybe you know, has a better, has built a better mousetrap or, or, you know, has, has, has adapted a business model in a way that, that you wouldn't be able to do yourself and that, that it's worthy of your time to, you know, to work with them and, and find ways to partner. Um, I'm, I'm really happy to see that, you know, across our organization, we have champions who are excited about interacting with early stage companies in particular and, um, and recognizing that, that that innovation um, can help their business um, in really meaningful and powerful ways. Um, and so I think, you know, just uh, a lot of the initial work is around sort of creating dialogue and making sure that we're introducing lots of interesting founders and operators and companies to our business units so that they get a flavor of what's happening in the market um, that could be relevant for their business as they're making decisions. Um, and, and I think the openness to that is very special within within our organization. 
So one of the, one of the, I think the dessert of a conversation like with, with you guys um, is really digging into portfolio to hear about some of the investments you have made. Um, are you willing to, can you share some of those stories, share some of the names with us? Yeah, we'd be happy to. So as I mentioned, Greenwood was a company that we invested in um, early last year. Our first investment as Truist Ventures was to lead the Series C for Veeam. Um, and we were really excited to be the Series C lead for that uh, payments company. Um, they had a lot of really interesting attributes. And speaking to a little bit about our networks and our longevity in the industry, you know, I had gotten to know the CEO of that business years prior to actually investing and I was at another organization. And so it was just great that um, we had an opportunity to support his business in Truist Ventures. You know, other things that we've recently um, invested in is um, a company called FinZact, um, which is a modern day uh, banking core. And we're really excited to be working with them to explore how we um, utilize their technology across our organization. Um, there's a sister company to that called Savannah Capital that we um, invested in as well. Um, and so there have been a lot of really um, great companies that we've had the privilege of investing in and supporting. I think though what's most interesting and, and all of the companies that we're invested in are listed on our website, uh, truestventures.com. We'll be updating it shortly with some information around um, some of the case studies for some of the ones that we've actually have moved forward with commercializations and broader strategic partnerships with. So we'll be excited to talk about those those win-win uh, scenarios. Um, but in terms of you know where we're focused for this year, this is um, really the first year within our organization of Truist Ventures that we've um, surveyed the organization to decide where we're going to lean in. And Christina, do you want to talk a little bit about where we're leaning into in 2022 and where we're hoping to make investments this year? Sure. So we, you know, the, our investment themes are again, very much informed um, by conversations that we have regularly with our business units, but also our views on the market and, and where things are moving in financial services and, uh, and sort of the future of finance. And I'd say that, you know, the sort of underlying theme that we hear from our business units is really around digitalization. Um, unsurprisingly, there are a lot of legacy banking processes that um, need to be transformed from, um, you know, more manual or paper-based or just analog um, to, you know, processes and features and services that are fully digital. Um, and that's a, that's a key ask across really every, every area of the bank. Um, and then beyond that, I would say the, uh, the three others that we're, um, we're very excited about are unstructured data intelligence. Again, lots of, lots of disparate data sources, being able to collect and analyze that data um, and then provide proactive insights and predictions. Um, I think that's a theme that runs across a really wide variety of industries, but it's especially interesting and relevant for financial services um, where you know, so much um, you know, transactional and historical data is stored about um, you know, various customers and, and, uh, and businesses. Um, to be able to actually pull that together and, and use it in a meaningful, interesting way, I think is, is, um, is very exciting. Um, and we're getting to a point with, I think, you know, machine learning and natural language processing and eventually AI where you can, you can really do some amazing things with it. Um, 
And then uh, third would be process automation and self-service tools. So you know, to Vanessa's point around like our investment in FinZact, being able to really focus on cloud-based solutions that improve speed, reduce errors, but ultimately all, all improve the customer experience. Um, and so areas like low-code, no-code are very interesting for us. Um, and then lastly would be embedded finance. So contextual digital experiences that are embedded at the point of need. Um, I think we, we believe very strongly that embedded financial services is really the, the future of where the market is moving. And so in addition to tourists wanting to find great partners to embed into you know, our customer journeys, we also want to find opportunities to embed our products into other channels and make it really seamless um, for, the, for the end user. Christina, Vanessa, it's been great talking to you. Thanks for joining us on the Tearsheet podcast today. Thanks so much, Zach.